Welcome to This Is Your Afterlife, conversations with artists and activists about death and life. I'm Dave Marr. I'm the host and creator of This Is Your Afterlife. I am the creator of Here to Make Friends, the one-man show I performed at the Neo Futurist Neo Futurist Theater in Chicago recently. Listen, I could edit these things out. I could make the perfectly crisp intro, but I'm chilling out. I'm kind of decompressing after doing this big show. Uh, still here in Cleveland. And really, I'm, I'm recording this intro mere moments after I recorded last week's intro. But this show is one I'm very excited to bring to you. And it is a conversation with Rebecca Spector, who has been on the show before. She is a magician, former comic. We know each other from stand-up. And she is putting on a show at a funeral home on Halloween. And it's a magic show in Chicago. I, I believe the place is called Inclusive Funeral Care. But it's going to be awesome. I'm really excited for it. I'm trying to figure out a way to make sure that I can go with COVID stuff, whether that's bringing a, an air filter or like, you know, a portable one or a specific kind of mask or something. But, uh, yeah, she is doing this show and she had the idea to talk on her Instagram about producing independent shows which is cool because there's a lot of similarities doing it in any art form. We did that in a live that is still posted on her Instagram. I will try to link that in the show notes if I remember, to be honest. But you will definitely get her Instagram and it is on that page. Also, a thing that I intended to mention last week is that I am doing more on my Instagram, being ported over from Twitter uh, I'm still posting on Twitter, but really, who knows what the fuck is happening with social media, man. And I am just, uh, I'm enjoying using Instagram stories as kind of like a mini little newsletter conversation thing. So I let, you know, if you follow there, I don't have close friends at the moment. I mean, in real life, but not set up on Instagram. So I would love to just get responses to those stories and hear how things are going for you, the questions that I ask, hear your responses, very much in the spirit of here to make friends. But this is a very process sort of, I guess you could call it business related show, but really it is uh, very much related to the values I have creatively, which are to be independent, to produce things outside of typical industries with a lot of gatekeepers and a lot of approval uh, needed externally. And so I think you will really enjoy this conversation. It will be enhanced if you listen to or watch that video that we recorded on Rebecca's Instagram, but that is by no means a re required prerequisite, prerequisite. This by no means a required prerequisite for this conversation. So that is what I've got. I want to thank the uh, Pigeon Level Patreon subscribers, Katie Llewellyn, Fred Fidawa, Debo, Shuba Singh, Barry Fontenot, and G. And thank you for listening. Share the work if you like it. And that's it. 
hopefully back to regularly scheduled programming. I am excited. I am reinvigorated for where this is your afterlife is going. And thank you so much for listening. Okay. Here we go. I grab your whip and take it back to Shotown. When I'm in Shotown, Welcome to This Is Your Afterlife. My name is Dave Marr. I am here with my not quite guest. I, I think this is a, a co-hosted sort of situation. If you've been listening to the podcast this month, September 2023, you know that I have shaken up the format. I've included some uh some episodes of It's a Fucking Stick, this the Survivor podcast. I was going to do with Ariel Elias. Um, I've had some little one-offs. This is another one of those one-offs. It is an extension of a, an Instagram live that we did. And we, I didn't say your name, is Rebecca Spector, former guest of the podcast, um, who is producing, you know, my new show here to make friends is coming up soon, September 28th through October 1st at the Neo Futurist Theater. Yours is, well, yeah, why don't you just tell us the the deal with your show? Thank you so much for having me. I am, I always just love talking about this stuff with you. It's so much fun. I'm so happy to be back on the podcast. Love doing our live. Uh, but yeah, so I'm, uh, I'm Rebecca Spector and I'm a magician based here in Chicago and I'm doing a show on Halloween night. So that's Tuesday, October 31st at a funeral care boutique in Andersonville in Chicago called Inclusive Funeral Care. And it's going to be funny and fun and uh, just a little bit spoopy. So yeah, I'm really excited about it. Spoopy. Okay, we're going full internet lingo on the... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, well, so what, like... So the, with the title of this episode, I'm taken from your – we're just continuing the title of the Instagram Live, which is Producing Independent Shows. Uh, it is – it's something that I'm committed to on a, on a like, you know, philosophical basis. Like as someone, you know, committed to being part of a community and, and less interested in uh, fame and, and certain – old kinds of media or or even which is not to say that now i'm going for like tiktok content creator status but it's like yeah being like a, an independent artist is is something i value quite highly and so hopefully uh with the the little bit of experience that we can have we can pass some of that info along in terms of what to expect or in terms of yeah and and i just love process talk as well so so we talked on that live about, you know, the, the, the whole show creation process. I'm happy to talk about the like micro to macro, you know, how, how you go in the case of you, I would imagine from like one trick to a whole show. Um, how I go, we kind of talked how I went the sort of like unwise idea of like big concept and try to fill it out with like, you know, bits and, and, and pieces in, to support it. But I honestly just can't get out of my head something that you said in that conversation. And so I kind of wanted to start there, which is you talked about, I forget the phrase for it, but it was like magic logic or something and having to explain like, Okay, if this is disappearing, where is it going? Is it going to another dimension? Is it, 
going? Is it getting sucked up into a thing, supposedly? Um, can you tell me more about what was it? What was that phrase? Well, I think I used the phrase magic rules. Yeah. Um, or the rules of your magic. Um, other ways of talking about it, you know, people will say, you know, what's the presentation or simply what's your script? Um, the the late great uh, magician and magic thinker and mentalist Max Maven used to say as an exercise when you're creating a presentation, you know, after you learn the trick and, you know, the methods and what's actually happening, he says, take a pen and a paper and write down 10 magical explanations for what's going on. So if you pick a card and I know what that card is, am I reading your mind? Did I control physics to make you to direct a certain playing card to your fingers? Mm. Did I time travel early, earlier to the future and take a look and now I'm time traveling back? Yes. And, you know, um, it's kind of they also say with with writing books and stuff, it's like you want to know more about your characters than what you tell your reader and I think there's something really similar there where you're, you don't aren't necessarily going to show all of your work and explain yeah, all of yeah. that. But if you know it, then it ensures that everything is consistent. And it's sort of like, you know, when you watch a fantasy film or a sci-fi film, um, you know, you want the law, lo- the laws that they establish to at least be consistent within that film. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So do you have a tendency toward like a favorite type of magical explanation? Oh, that's a great question. Some people definitely do. (laughs) You know, (laughs) I, my go-to, the place where I start tends to be that the audience did it, that you were the one who made the magic happen. And then sometimes I'll use it as as a springboard. And by the time I'm done writing it, it might have morphed into, okay, well, I'm doing it, but it might be, or, you know, something totally opposite, but it's always kind of rooted in that. And that's sort of become a theme of my shows, like connection and setting magical intention. And I think that came just from sort of coming up in Chicago, where Chicago style magic is, you know, it, it the style pioneered, um, Chicago pioneered it being very close up in bars. It's all about you're doing the magic. Maybe it's happening physically in your hand. So that's a place where I start. And sometimes that doesn't come out, like to my earlier point, maybe it doesn't, it's, I'm not showing every bit of the work, but You'll, it definitely comes out in terms of an overall perspective. For example, I try, I don't think it's super interesting to stand up there and say, I am so powerful. Watch me be powerful. Mm. And so that's not. That typical. feels like it would be a particularly, it feels like it's not a coincidence that you are not a dude and that that does <laughs> not, you know, like that feels like a very, like, Maybe. like the New yeah. York com- comedy version of like, punchline punchline david tell is the greatest comic ever like we all gotta be like him uh which david tell is a very funny comic but like the the, but not everyone has to be like him and it's am i right in thinking that that might be like i am the great and powerful like has that shifted with the times do you think that is a particularly macho style i think that could definitely be an element of it I I think a lot of people have definitely said perhaps it is. And I think, I think that's totally possible. And I think from my POV, I think what I see most, mostly is that, well, what it feels like at least is that it just simply is coming into magic as a quote unquote outsider several years ago. Mm -hmm. It's like, it seemed like there was a lot of talk about like, okay, we need to shake up what's happening within magic. 
Um, and so I, and I think that's related to a lot of the shifting gender stuff. So I think that there were a lot of conscious people who consciously like tried to change that and tried to make it more about the audience. And there've been sort of more books and lectures coming out about like, Hey, like respect your audience, make it about them. It's interesting when it's about them. Um, I would say, you know, I th- I love bringing up whenever I'm, I'm on podcasts talking about magic, I love bringing up Job from Arrested Development because yeah. like he's a great like reference point and we can talk about so many things through him. But I, I think a lot of I, I'm not I don't think that that character started these conversations in magic necessarily. But I, I, I do think there have been these larger conversations overall about, you know, is it interesting to see someone stand up there and say this is about me and my powers? It's usually mm-hmm. not. And like Job does that. And it's funny when you're not literally in you know, right, that world. Right, 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 right. But if you're watching it, you're like, who gives a shit? <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So does this translate to, because this is a thing that I am very consciously doing in my show, is centering the audience. And it's coming from a place of, it's it's structural. So the the kind of like rule set I created for myself um, that I've not been private about at all, but am not going to be like explicitly explaining to the audience is mm-hmm. that most of it is divided between three C's. And maybe we talked about this on the live, but there's uh, survivor like challenges. There are confessionals, which are basically monologues, you know, ranty, stand up y, storytelling y stuff. Um, and then there are conversations. So challenges, confessionals, conversations, and the conversations are literally just questions that I have for the audience uh, because I have these really strong feelings about uh, COVID and the pandemic that are that I don't have answers for, um, and so I am just going to see where these conversations go, and like it will be a whole audience conversation um part of that is i see there's like such a turn toward crowd work in stand-up and i have like always despised the way that i mean almost everyone does crowd it's always like if a man and a woman are sitting together like if your eyesight happens to a light on two on a man and a woman (laughs) sitting together even if they're not even if they're part of separate parties You've decided that they're together. And if they're not, the guy really wants to be. It's just like so mm-hmm. fucking boring. It's the same thing every time. You're only yes. talking to people about like their jobs, which are so often the like part of their life that they resent the most. You're not talking to them about how yes. they resent it. You're just like coming up with this bullshit, right? And so like I'm really trying to go in because even though I do one-man shows, my values have kind of shifted away from the individual which makes for a strange friction uh that and i really want to the show these conversations to be able to like change me you know or like the show truly to be different every night not just for the purpose of like it's different every night but for the purpose of like i want to see where the germ of the idea that i've got like where it goes so I say all of that to say the idea of making the magic about um, other – about the audience. Is it 
just a like perspective thing where you're constantly reminding them. Cause obviously like you're having to do a lot of work and like the, the audience doesn't know, you know, there's very, yeah. there's, I would, well, I don't know. I would assume it, there's very little actual work they can do. Whereas I'm just like turning a question over and they really are like determining where the show goes in some ways. What are all the ways that a magician can like make the show about the audience? Interesting. Well, there's those magical rules where it's like, this is happening because you did something. Mm -hmm, You concentrated. mm -hmm. You brought this energy. Um, There are ways. So your question specifically, how how do you make different ways of making it about the audience? Yeah. Is it just Mm -hmm. is it just getting them to think this way? Or are there things where it's like, and if you use stuff from their pockets, it makes it about them or something. Yes. Yes. So there's tons and tons of magic theory and books and books all about that. So I was going to say that next. Uh, So another one is um, having something happen in their hands. You know, something appears in their hands. It's incredible. Mm -hmm. If a deck of cards transforms in their hands, it's incredible. Um, Using their stuff. I mean, we call that borrowed, a borrowed trick, you know, a borrowed ring trick, a borrowed deck, um, a borrowed... You know, nowadays you can't do as many, you know, cigarette tricks as you used to in general, or as many borrowed hat, borrowing a gentleman's hat, et cetera, borrowed hat then. But um, always, if it comes from them, it's like the most amazing. Um, And so that's what's interesting, too, because then you run into challenges like, well, I can use any pen but what if the audience doesn't have a pen so now i'm going to bring my own pen but i really want them to know that it really isn't a trick pen like sometimes it's really just not a trick item but we just like we have to bring it because of stagecraft or Mm -hmm. you know i have this trick where i make like tons and tons and tons and tons of lemons appear they are fake lemons but that's because i because they're because real ones would be too heavy you know and they would rot and i can't buy like 40 lemons. So sometimes I'll even say on stage as part of the presentation when they come out, and I don't do this as much, but if I can tell that they're sounding really fake on whatever surface it is, I'll pause and I'll say, uh, you know, I'll wait for the the reaction to die down. And then I'll say, I know they sounded fake, but I assure you they had mass and volume, you know, because I'm telling a story about all these lemons appearing and the yeah. lemons appear. And so I'll just point out like, yeah, they're fake, but they have mass and volume. Like, what do you want from me? Right, right, um, right, 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 right. So that's another way of making it all about the audience, you know, making something site specific, of course. I mean, and then any anything that you would do for art in general, making, you know, the more specific you make your art, the more you make it about you, the more it becomes about them. Mm. Um, obviously, some types of magic mentalism, a lot lends itself to asking people specific stuff. So it really is about them, their grandparent, their spouse, what have you. Um, so, yeah, those are just a few ways. I mean, you know, if you're doing it right i have a couple of tarot card routines and you know i could do them in 30 seconds and something magical happens and you're like whoa how'd that happen but i can also slow it down and spend more time and like we are talking about you and we're having and then it becomes i mean instantly more interesting because we're talking about you um and it makes the magic much more impactful because something magical happened that is attached to you and, you know, this one trick that I'm I'm working on in particular, the one I'm going to be doing at the Magic Castle that involves um, the tarot, I need people to select certain objects. And it's totally their choice as to whether they, they select, you know, the watch or the pen or the coin. And 
you never in magic, you don't want to draw attention to the objects in particular. Um, for one thing, they'll assume that they're trick objects. Um, and, uh, yeah. And in, at least in my case right here, they're, they're not. Um, and also it's just not that interesting. So in this trick, when I'm saying select the objects, I'm not talking about, oh, select one of these objects. They're such interesting objects, which will you choose the pen or the coin? It's which one of these are you drawn to? Open your mind, drop down into your intuition. Don't overthink it. I want you to bring down one of your hands on the object that's speaking to you in this moment. One, two, three. So there's a difference there. And it's just, I mean, that just makes it more engaging. But those are a few ways that you make it about the audience. Yeah, that's that's rad. I love that. I, <laughs> and, and it's there's just so many. And this was the feeling that I had when I, I've only seen one show at the Magic Lounge in Chicago, which is such a great fucking time. Uh, but I immediately saw all of these parallels to comedy, to anything creative. And, and I, so one little question, is there a, when you're slowing things down, is there any sort of competitiveness or like, I'm, I'm imagining a magician who resents people who slow things down, who's like, that's fuck you're fill is there anyone who considers that like filler and is like no you need tricks 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 or is it like so obviously part of the the craft that the way you do that is respected interesting question that i that is such an interesting question like what is the dominant perspective what is the <laughs> conversation at least when I started getting serious several years ago and, and since then and up until now, what I've seen is people saying, hey, don't forget to slow down. It shouldn't just be trick, trick, trick. Okay. It seems like there is a value placed on taking your time and making a unique presentation. But it seems to me, and I don't want to misspeak, but it seems to me like that's a reaction to previous modes of yeah. Being almost like the storytelling reaction and stand up back to like a punchline, punchline thing right, and sort of that right. pendulum back and forth. Is there the lemons thing is very interesting because it reminds me of a thing I think about a ton, which is your ambitions outpacing your resources. Um, uh, so uh, do you know uh, Open Mike Eagle, the rapper? I don't think I do. Yeah. I'm well, he, I like the name. Yeah. He says a, he has a version of it where he was just like, I have, you know, ideas for albums or songs in my mind that like, if I had the studio time, if I had the money to pay the specific rapper to get the verse, I could get that. Um, And the, and I think the same thing. I'm like, I can imagine like things in my mind where I'm like, I want like, I, I have this vision of like a show starting with like not the audience doesn't have their feet in water, but somehow the floor is like covered with water and like dancers are like whipping their hair around like in the water, you know, and I'm like, what the fuck is how do I, you know, like, why do I even like so some someday yes. maybe that will like become something. But I also heard on a podcast, a fringe performer talking about, she was like, okay, what's your ideal version of the show? Uh, money is no object. Um, if Elton John is a guest, Elton John is a guest, you know, and, and you have all the money to like have him there, uh, license whatever songs he wants to perform, etc. Okay. 
now make the if that's the one million dollar version what's the half a million dollar version i what's love the that ten thousand dollar version what's the one hundred dollar version like what's the literally zero dollar version right is it like yes. you wearing a paper elton john mask you know what i mean like and and that was just such a clear example of like adapting ideas down and so the lemons thing because i was like if you're if you had the resources i'm i'm thinking you would probably go get 40 lemons before every show or you'd have like a lemon guy who like gets you the lemons every time you perform right yes well to answer that question really specifically just real quick it's um the box that they come out of is cardboard and so it just it the weight of the lemons like sags the box Mm. and Mm -hmm. so it's a whole like so then you have to think about i love this topic so there was a magician and i don't recall the name of who this was but i just was hearing them talk uh recently about how magic exemplifies that exactly thing that thing that you just said that artistic challenge um because none of what we want to make happen can be done none of it everything we want to do cannot be done there's another magician uh this is now this would be mark james he's a uk-based magician and he i attended a lecture by him and he said that um creativity basically art art and creativity need limits to exist without Mm -hmm. limits it can't exist um so yeah and then oh my gosh this is my yeah uh, magic is very much defined by that you know there's this variation there are variations on a trick called the trick that cannot be explained and there's different methods and there's books and books and books written about this one thing but the idea is you name a card and i i have it right here either i've i've taken it out already and then i say name a card and I turn it over and that's it. Or you say, there's a couple of definitions or, you know, you name a number and a, um, you say 15 ace of spades. And I say, go look in that drawer over there and you count down 15 and I, I've never touched it. And it's the ace of spades. And if you read, and there's an article from a few years ago in the New York times uh, about a magician called David Burgless. Uh, and he spent his whole life perfecting it and and he has the reporter basically do just that he opens a drawer and it's right there the the thing that i love about it is you're essentially it's all this writing about like how do we get there how do we do that how do we do that this impossible thing and there are so many tricks that are like getting pretty close to that you know there's a whole class of tricks called um any card at any number, which is what I just explained to you. But the mm. clearer and cleaner you get it, then you're getting to that, like, the trick that cannot be explained sort of place. Yeah. And, you know, if you read this article by Burgless, it, the way he does it, I mean, it, they're kind of, it, 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 he, there kind of is no, like, explanation. There's nothing that he, like, published that neatly explains it. Yeah. It's yeah, a little yeah. bit more, you know, and then you kind of, for him, kind of getting into, like, a little bit of, like, jazz and improv territory Mm -hmm. but essentially we're all just trying we're aiming for something that cannot be done well in in magic it literally like you know in comedy or theater i mean i guess you're not there is the suspension of disbelief right so 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 that is an unbridgeable gap but the 
there's a literal unbridgeable gap in common in magic because it's like I can't actually make something disappear. I ne- that is the goal. I never can do that. Right? Right? Yes. Or am I saying something offensive? Yes. I mean, so wait, what do you mean specifically about the unbridgeable gap? Like there's like just that Matt like I'm I hesitate to say like magic doesn't exist, but like yeah, no, but you sure, know what yeah. I mean? Like real yes. life magic. And and I'm I'm open to the fact that maybe in the world somehow I mean, like it does exist, you know. But for like, this conversation, yeah, yeah, right yeah, now, yeah. yeah. <laughs> for the craft of it, as it's mostly yeah. been practiced, magic doesn't exist. So you're literally trying to do a thing that cannot be done. So of course there's yeah. always you're going to all the whole art form is made of compromises so to speak uh yes yeah yes and uh yeah and here's where i'm like fighting the temptation like talk about how major like specific tricks are done I mean, sure, 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 get, sure. you know even just talking about the names like you don't want to talk about these names because people can you know you don't want to give people the temptation to google not you but maybe you know listeners totally. or whatever i mean but because once people get into their garages and they start fiddling around either with physical stuff and engineering stuff or, you know, well, in magic, what we talk about next is, okay, well, so you have to touch the cards. Like what next? So mm. tricks will be advertised by saying it's hands off. It, ha- it The spectator does everything. The spectator chooses the number and they count off the number of cards themselves. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, of course, when that's possible, you definitely want the audience to notice. You're like, I didn't touch it, you know? Right, 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 right. Um, And the hilarious thing is I have a trick like that. And I won't say this trick involves no sleight of hand, but kind of, but very little. And it, and the spectator can do most of it. And it was so interesting because sometimes at the Magic Lounge, we get the sweetest people sometimes who really do want to appreciate us and to show us that they know that it's an art mm. form. And so I had... I had this one table who was like, man, that was really smooth. That was really smooth. Like basically telling me that they didn't clock the sleight of hand. And, you know, there wasn't that much. I know they didn't because there wasn't that. But like they're trying to um, yeah, they're trying yeah. to bridge that gap and be like, I know you did something. So I don't know. That's just a little little thing. But yeah, we we basically then say, OK, well, if the perfect thing is go look in that drawer and it's 15 down. Um, maybe next, okay, maybe I have to take the cards from the drawer and hand it to them. Right, okay. Right. Can I do that without taking them out of the box? Okay. I'll have to take them out of the box. Mm. Okay. So you're kind of just always seeing, you're just trying to, you're kind of reluctantly taking steps further and further away from it's that like pure the, effect. It's like the Michelangelo da Vinci or whatever, the like statue of David thing of like, okay, the perfect thing is actually a pure block of marble like that is that is the thing every chisel i take creates whatever the actual trick becomes that's exactly it and that's that's so uh, that's so accurate because in the block of marble it's happening in the spectator's mind and whatever i imagine right it's so much more perfect than what anything you could do and magic too it's like i really want in your mind i really want it to look like it's levitating or whatever or i want it to look like I read your mind or whatever. Totally, totally. It has to be happening in your mind. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I and I'm trying to think how this relates to what I'm trying to do in my just in my specific show, 
And so much of it is in a way, I think the opposite of this because the, that my ideal is almost like a sandstorm or something where literally there is nothing except, you know, it's st- stale air, sand, you know, sky yeah. above the, the earth. And then through whatever people are bringing in, you know, there, there is, there, the, the risks for me in my show are any of the risks that come with like improvising with, with the, the chance that comes from specific people in the audience, but even more so the content of the show is like just unavoidably confrontational. Like there, there is talk, like I literally ask people, when did you stop masking and why, you know, or what, you know, are you still masking, you know, and like, and, and that's like one of the less intense questions, you know? So like whatever they are bringing to the physical space is, is what, is is the sand is whatever i don't know if this this sandstorm metaphor is like going to hold no, up no it does make sense but it's like it's 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 starting with like complete i mean it's not complete nothing cuz i have a couple of tent poles like we're going to play these specific games yeah. i am going to say this specific monologue that will bump up against what you have to say in a way but it really is like a skeleton of a building where you're like maybe this is the metaphor i don't know if this is a house uh university building a skyscraper like this could be anything you know and so it's really yeah. starting with with nothing and part of my preparation that i'm trying to remember and find is like it's very difficult cuz i'm very media addicted so i'm like always listening to a podcast or like a way of unwinding at night is like watching Same. tv but i really want to be like what can i read what music can i listen to what walks can I go on and talk to myself about on those walks so that I am like mentally and emotionally prepared for whatever those shows bring to like, especially because I'm not trying to turn them just into jokes. You know, I know how to be like, Oh, you know, blah, blah, blah. you know how to diffuse a- tension. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't want to diffuse tension, you know? And right. one of the things I actually learned in a rehearsal doing an invited rehearsal recently um, is that I don't want to say, you know, to, to encourage audience participation, it's got to be consensual, but I am not, I, one thing I said in the invited rehearsal that I will not be saying in the shows is no judgment. You know, you want to say like no judgment to encourage people to participate. Right. And the truth is, and the thing I'm going to try to say instead is like, I I can't guarantee you that you won't feel shame that yeah. I won't judge you but I but I will promise you that I'm that my main motivation here is curiosity you know and so it's like even that is like there's like real risk in that where like people could leave the show like feeling bad you know um like yeah. and and I don't think they will I I hope that like I certainly don't hope that anyone feels bad and then just does nothing about it. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm I'm not interested in the kind of shame that just like encourages you to hide more. But all that to say, I'm I'm I feel like I'm starting with nothing, and and seeing what whips up versus you starting with this sort of like 
ideal that then gets chipped away. Interesting. Does that feel the same or do you think they're more similar than I'm giving them credit for? Well, I don't know because I don't know if that's the case or do you, do you have an idea or, or, or do you not have an ideal right now? Especially because it might be, you are kind of preparing for the worst emotionally, which I'm not saying don't. No, (laughs) totally. That is interesting. I, that is very interesting. Okay. I love that because that is part of the preparation is like, what kinds of things might people say? What kinds of things can I say? You know, what like arrows can I put in my quiver? But like, but I think there are my, my ideal is an experience of like profound change. Like one of the like For- imp- improv cliches that I learned was like real listening is the willingness to be changed, you know? So I like, th- and that's the opposite of yeah. stand up crowd work to me is like, is like nothing's going to change. Y- you know, people are. It, your your details of your life are going to be turned into jokes, but like I'm willing to like become a new person at the end of these shows. You know what I mean? And like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Well, I think it's interesting because this is the second time now that you said that you are looking for yourself to be changed. In the middle, you did say you want people if they feel bad to change their behavior, but it's interesting because I'm like I'm wondering what specifically if the ideal is that you are changed. I mean. I don't – in what way are you hoping to change? Do you need to – is there something with you that, like, needs to be changed? Like, do you think that you're going to hear one of these answers and be like, oh, I was wrong all along. I, I should have not worn these masks? Because no, even no, as no, someone no. who's not, like, I'm not a 100% person, I'm like, oh, we probably should all be 100% people. Do you know what right, I mean? Like, are you right. – like, you're probably – you're probably right, I guess is my point. So I sure, guess I'm sure, wondering sure. like Yeah, well, no, it's not even on the like pure level of like and that's why I'm I want to have these conversations because me going up and being like here are the exact uh precautions I take. I would like this to be the list that everyone takes is like not a fucking show. It's not interesting. It's not like compelling. It's like the worst version of what someone could imagine a fucking COVID show being, you know? <laughs> when you put it like that, it's really funny. <laughs> and, and well, that's, the, I start the show by being like, listen, I think a COVID show is a terrible idea. If you invite me to your COVID show, I will not be coming. I happened to write this one, so I think it's decent, but like, tr- awesome. I know the risks here, you know? Um, but it, 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 it's not even like those sorts of details that of being changed. It's like, I hope I have, because really what it is, it's like there's so much lip service paid to the idea that, um, well, you really need to spend time outside of your bubble. Like you got to – the only way we'll make progress is if you like listen to people and like and, – and people who have different perspectives than you. And like that's just like so obviously true as to be boring and so yeah. not true in the case of extremists. It's like, yeah. I'm not fucking spending time with Nazis. You know what I mean? There's yeah. enough people who are marginalized who need me to listen to them way more than that shit, you know? And so, yes. like, maybe way down the priority list, we'll break bread with the Nazis and find ways to, like, heal them or whatever the fuck. But yeah. that's not the priority right now, you know? And so, so it's just uh, – the, the but but the thing that I'm excited about 
is like this is a the, the the frustration with like just masking you know which is like one specific thing is like so many people who the, the Venn diagram of me and these people is almost a circle except for this one thing but it is such a huge thing that it's like this to me is a way of really spending time with people who disagree with you or behave differently than you but in so many ways you're alike you know and and so it's really just like i, I don't know exactly what i mean by like to be changed you know uh maybe maybe that's maybe it's the wrong word even but just to to have an experience of to to confront something maybe you know and that's yeah. where i'm willing to confront something you know like how do i every friend i talk to you know i had a friend at this invited rehearsal that where where they are like yeah i don't really mask anywhere anymore and i'm like i love you you know and i like if I were to prescribe how I think you should be acting, it would be very different than than what yeah. you do. So how do I like hold those two things together? Because I don't have the power to change that, you know? And like that is enough of a struggle for me that it is um I, I don't know. I'm I'm hoping something comes out out of that. And that's specifically why I decided not to like write an artificial answer to that you know like i don't mm. think the answer is like we all just need to be empathetic it kindness is how we have to live our lives it's like dog no like maybe maybe we'll get a completely neutralizing vaccine next year and that'll be the solution maybe we'll all be wearing masks like seatbelts in five years and it won't even seem like a thing but it's like the answer there is a clear thing. It's not just like, in this house, we believe in science. You know what I mean? It's like, that's not what I'm trying to, yeah. to do. Anyway, I would like to talk to Pivot. Well, I'll give you – if you have something you want to say, I don't no, want to just steamroll that, you. No, just that on, you know, I, I completely relate on like – especially at a personal level. I mean, there were times – I mean, I think, you know – there were there were definitely times, especially a couple of years ago, where it felt like we were on a different planet from some of our, you know, me and my mm -hmm. husband, where it felt like we were on a different planet from some of our closest friends and the things that we were all willing to do and willing not to do. And it felt like we were at times drifting from people. And it was like, we're getting the same data, like what that confusion of kind of what's happening. So I definitely can relate to a certain degree on, on a personal level for sure. Yeah. And just wanting to have those conversations and being like, I'm not going to artificially. So I think it's interesting that you're saying I'm not going to artificially, you know, engineer something or write something. I'm just going to, we're actually going to talk about it. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I'm that it's, yeah, I'm very excited. That's my, that's my, you know, the closest I have to a magic trick is, is amazing. Like not knowing where that goes, you know, um, and just trusting my ability to, to ride it. You know, I think we talked about in the live, the, the, my realization that like interviewing, talking to people it is the thing I feel like I do best, you know, is the thing that yeah. I want to follow the most, you know? Um, but I'm, I'm curious Another thing I've noticed in in the one of the responses to that live, this is definitely me overanalyzing and being too self-deprecating, but someone was like, yeah. both shows sound great, especially 
a magic show on Halloween at a funeral <laughs> parlor. And I'm like, oh my God, that is so fucking marketable and <laughs> and and easy to understand. And I and I and it in a way where I am only giving praise. Where it's like <laughs> the thing that I learned is do you know Michael Rice, the comedian? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So I, I think we talked about him last time I was on. Uh, maybe Oh we really? About- uh, maybe st- yeah. It's from a just the storytelling abilities. And that sure, kind of thing. sure. Yeah. Well, the thing I realized because he and I were in Edinburgh in 2018, yeah, and and flyering for each other's shows. And the difference in flyering for those shows, his show was called The Best Boy in Ireland. Mine was Dave Marcoma Show. The the you know flyering is a five second pitch to people, right? So for his show, it was like it was like super fun. Irish party comedy, right? Which is like, bam, bam, bam. Like, great. Sounds great. Mine was like, I survived a coma and here's the show about it. And you're like, (laughs) wait, hold on a second. You know? And so like, we both could get the same number of people at our shows, but I truly believe that I would have to fly, you know, if his conversion rate is 60% and mine is 30%, I just have to fly or like, whatever that is, like twice as many people to get the some, same number of people at my shows, you know? Um, and I think, and I had that same thought. I was like, man, magic show on Halloween at a funeral parlor. I'm like, that is, and my show is, well, I using Survivor <laughs> to talk about the pit. And I believe in the show, you know, and I'm excited about it, but it's like, like, I don't know what, is, so, so the way I want to turn this into not just like navel gazing is like, what goes into marketing or what you consider like a special enough, like to make it like, I am going to produce my own show, not just bring this trick to the magic lounge. Yeah. So the answer to that is Ian Abramson. Do you know Ian Abramson? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's been okay, on the show. So he- oh, okay. Yeah. He's a genius. I took him out for lunch and I was like, I, cause I, so I know him from way back in the day, I think even before I officially started doing stand up, I was doing sketch and that kind of thing. Hmm. And I was like, listen, you're really good at producing shows. I've produced shows before, but never on my own. What do we, how do I do this? And he was the one who said, have you considered alternative venues like funeral homes? And I was like, oh my God. Cause yeah, for that exact reason of marketing. And then we also talked about, you know, what, there should be like a run or one night. And uh, once I started talking with inclusive funeral care, Halloween itself was a night that was open. And I kind of went back and forth on it in my mind because I think there's pros and cons marketing wise. And finally, what tipped me over was I was like, well, it's a Tuesday. So you're going to be if you're going to be partying, you're going to party the weekend before. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If anything, you'll want to tell people, hey, I'm doing this thing, this cool thing at a funeral home on the day of. Um, But yeah, but that kind of really uh you know having that venue having the venue be on theme means that just logistically on the poster it does some of the work yeah. for me yeah it's the same thing with my stage name where you know it means my last name means ghost so you're already getting a little bit of a hint of a deal if i if i have just my name on a poster if the picture is vaguely spooky <laughs> then instantly you put it together, your mind put it together. And that's one less line of text that I have to put on a poster that says, oh, I'm kind of like a Halloween kind of deal. <laughs> right? So, <laughs> Which would be so funny to have on a poster. Like I so often, like I recognize because no one has these descriptions, like you never see a show where it's like, 
listen, it's just like this. <laughs> yes. You got to trust me because it's like what you're going to trust uh, random lines on a poster. But I so often want to just be like, let me, how can I level with you? You know? And I guess it, like the, the way of like marketing that I try to find is like, how can I, how can I guss up? Let me level with you as little as possible. <laughs> I know I can't say, let me level with you, but how do I say like, it's this, it's this. If you like that, you might like this. So, okay. So a few things. First of all, I don't remember the comment that you're talking about specifically where someone said, oh, that's awesome. But there's a good chance it was like my aunt or uncle. So don't put too much stock in any no, no, comment no, no, no. anywhere I know, on social I know, media. I know. But also your venue too. I mean, the neo-futurists. I mean, I knew about that when I was growing up on the East Coast back in high school. I right? mean, that already also says something about the show. Yes. It you know, if you're in the know, it already imparts a certain amount of like, let me level with you sort of like DIY ethos and values. Mm -hmm. um, it's alternative. The poster also, I love your poster because it's professional, but it also tells you everything you need to know. And there's also like an element to it that is sort of just frank and honest. Like it, it, it doesn't look like wow, did you really get a polo shirt from Survivor and like put it <laughs> yeah, up? Like, yeah. I think very intentionally, I don't want to speak, I don't know your designer no, no, personally, no. but he Go did a ahead. great job. And I think yes. intentionally it looks like, hey, what if we put these things together? So, and and also here to make friends is hysterical because everyone knows the phrase, right, not here to make right, friends. So right. I think you're doing the same thing. And, um, yeah. you know, yeah, I think also it's great. I love you're working with what are they called? The Clean Air Coalition? Cl Clean is Air that? Club, yes. The Clean Air Club, which is awesome. And I love that they've got a logo because then you're putting that on there. And the cool mm -hmm. thing about that is, you know, it kind of also implies a little bit more of like, you know, the theme for lack of a better word or something totally, about totally. the show. I mean, yeah, it's talking about the logistics of like the real world around the show, the housekeeping, but I think it'd be pretty surprising if, you know, you saw that logo and then went into something where, you know, it turned out it was like an anti-vax rally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's my fourth show is is a comedy anti-vax rally. Um, I, I think that I, I do appreciate that and that there are like multiple ways of, of, of communicating that I think is really a good point if we're trying to give anyone takeaways, you know? Um, oh, yeah. But I think also – the 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 struggle with that specific poster is because what it is it's just my face photoshopped onto Jeff Probst and it <laughs> is who's the host of Survivor and and the the artist I work with Mark Thiel uh who I worked with for this poster is so good at photoshop that I had to be like this needs to look like a little <laughs> bit jankier it was like like that yes. was the struggle was like was like how do you because otherwise it just because my also my face in so many pictures is like a serious face. So I so it's like <laughs> it's it's weird to be like, man, I just like look like I'm scowling in so many pictures. That's so funny. And like, how do I make this picture where I'm like, but but I don't think like a super obvious Photoshop job where I'm like smiling at the camera is the goal. So I'm still kind of like looking off into the distance. And it's like, hopefully there's just something like. When I showed it to Hope, my partner, she was just like shuddering. She was just like, "Oh, it's so weird," you know. And I'm like, "Okay, I think that's the right re response yeah. to this." That is like, "Yeah, this is a comedy show," you know. Um, yeah, it's it's, it's a little tough. uncanny. 
maybe we should sort of wind into like specific takeaways and even away from content a little bit yeah. and like, and just talk about logistics of like the production process. Um, what are things you are still struggling with? What are things, maybe the classic, what do you wish you would have known five years ago, you, you know, or, or when you were getting started and stuff? Maybe for you, like what comedy show things translate to, uh, Halloween magic show, whatever you yeah. want to say about like, yeah, specific production takeaways. Yeah. Well, one thing I'm doing, one thing I've just sort of learned in the last few days is, and this is such a cliche, but maybe it's a cliche for a reason and can help someone, is um, asking for help. Specifically, you know, you might notice on my Instagram stories, the other day I put the show poster and I said, hey, if you share this, you'll get 13 Mm -hmm. years of good luck Mm -hmm. from the butt goblin, like this imaginary thing. They're not getting anything. It's literally just a cry for help. And I think, you know, it's so interesting too. I I, I sent a message to um, Chicago ShowCal, which is this Instagram account I found out through about through the Chicago Reader where they um, list different concerts that are happening every week. And I said, I, you know, I think that you guys just do music, but on the off chance, like here's my Halloween show. And she said, yeah, we just do music, but hey, I'm happy to share the poster. You know, and she has no reason to do that from that I can tell. So I think, you know, I'm really trying to, you know, even the fact that, you know, I was so, I was so purposeful about, you know, separate starting magic in a separate way when I, when I started to do it seriously and, you know, um, separate from comedy. Yeah. You know, and I picked the stage name. I just wanted some space to like be anonymous and like figure my shit out. And, um, I, and it's now it's recently that I'm kind of, you know, I'm like, wow, you know, I have this whole network of people and, yeah. you know, who are, who will be genuinely, might be genuinely interested in this show and, or genuinely might want to help me, um, et cetera. So I'd say like relying on your network, you know, it's yeah. Like you you can reach out to your, to your network is something that I'm like kind of relearning now. And then, um, and that Being and the a- difference in that between just sharing the poster and going, hey, would you like adding a thing to your Instagram story that's like, hey, would you share this poster? It's like because yes. I would go through that and be like, oh, cool poster. And then you say, would you share it? And it's just you drawing attention to the thing you actually want from yeah. that. Yeah. 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 You know, and I, you know, I I texted it to some, you know, family in Peoria because they've got friends in Chicago. It's like, mm-hmm. why not? You know right. what I mean? Um, as well as just alternative ant avenues for stuff, you know, I'm, I'm having, you know, I'm asking the, the funeral, uh, center to reach out to their chambers of commerce, you know, just looking through at these avenues that aren't necessarily what you'd think of, or they're not as, they don't sound as hip as the branding that you're trying to put out. Right, but I right. mean, yeah. So that, that's a big thing. And then being able to also, I think another, uh, just a piece of advice that's maybe a little bit more concrete also is, having a sense of what needs to happen chronologically, you know, when I I started working on this and then I was booked at the magic castle for the first week in October. And I realized I was going to have to spend a lot of time preparing for that. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of my time in throughout September, I was going to have to redirect to the castle. And so then it became a game of, okay, well, what do I need to do now? I was like, well, I need to, 
you know, I, I, if I want to start press and I want to start selling tickets, I'm going to need a ticket link. So I'm going to need to know how many people I can fit in the space. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to need to get into the space. I need to have a little bit of a sense of where the lights are going to be. Okay. So I need to buy the lights right. and right. set up the lights and I need to do all that like right now. And then like, you know, I set up the ticket link. And so now I've gotten to a place where, you know, I've got that set up and I'm still kind of, I'm still learning new material and all that in the background, but I can also, a lot of the promo and uh, technical stuff for the Halloween show, you know, it's September 22nd right now. And a lot of that is just set. So now I can spend the next couple of weeks really focusing on the castle and then just, and then when I come back, I can jump back in a hundred percent to the, to Halloween, but I needed to get the lights. I needed to count the seats. I needed to make the event right. Well, yeah, I think I would, I would, the way I would phrase that to people is to imagine going to the show from the front of house. Yes. Like, like oh my gosh, literally yes. <laughs> walking in, like, do you need, okay. So when I first walk in, there is a door. Who's yes. going to open the door? Do Who's I need to door? card? Is there a door person? Um, am I like, okay, I walk in. How is the space laid out? And and like literally, and that's where your to-do list comes from. Or you can go backwards and be like, okay, when I show up to the venue, what do I need to know? Oh, well, I'm going to be selling merch. Okay. Yes. What am I going to put the merch on? What are you going to put the merch on? Do they have things there? You know what I mean? Like, and that, and then the other thing I would add, which I'm still bad at this, but I have now a, I, I don't have it like laid out properly but i do have a completed checklist you know a light an item uh like a virtual like things that have been had lines put through them as i've checked them off um in a in a like trash folder somewhere that i will hopefully go back like make a list and keep track of the things you did the one time because if you want to do it again you like it's just so much better to be like Oh, right. Okay. So when I go to press, it's this, 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 like, and this time when, like, I'm still in the process. It's like you said, it's the Friday before my show on Thursday. I knew that like, it's a four date run. So I haven't like gone hard at press because it, I'm not looking for a review because it would Mm -hmm. be kind of pointless. Um, I, so I'm now just at the p- place of like, can I put this on the calendar of certain websites, you know? And right. like, where – it literally takes me an hour to find the right person at certain things. Because now yes. sometimes websites don't seem to have the the person who wrote the calendar's email address. It used to be you could hover over their name and it would have a like mail to link. Now it's like – Am I Googling their name plus the words email address? Am I going to LinkedIn to see, do I want to try to contact them that way? And you're like balancing the like proper channels versus the effectiveness yeah. of what you really want without being like just transactional and and making them feel dehumanized. And so like having that to-do list, I think is really helpful to be like, don't forget. And if And if you do a show two years from now, you will have to update the list with a new contact, but at least you'll be like, this is where you find the reader link. You know, this is where the timeout person goes or whatever. Um, yeah. So just That's having that huge. list is really helpful, I think. 
That's huge. Or even just like, yeah, two lights, two DMX cords, mm-hmm. three construct extension cords, a DMX light board, like just like a physical stuff. I mean, yeah, the, the who's going to take the tickets is a huge thing. Who's going to sell the merch? You know, who's going to operate the operate the lights? Like these are all things that I've now I have figured out. But again, like reaching out to your network. I mean, it was a friend of mine who was like, oh, I think I'm going to come to Chicago that weekend anyway. Like, awesome. need, you know, can I help you with your show? Like, yeah, yeah, that you can. is so um, rad. And it like, yeah, you know, when I say like my values have shifted away from like the individual, it is like things that you consider like hanging posters. I don't mind actually kind of like enjoy interacting with someone and being like, yeah, I'm doing this, this thing, but it is just tedium. And I have a friend with a car who's willing to drive me to a couple other neighborhoods to hang up some posters. And it's like, make it a village effort as much as you can. Like, to me, it just reminds me, like, why I'm doing it. Like, at the worst, if if it's only my friends who show up to this show, like, it, it, like, you're just... Are like we're just all cave people, like making the 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 things we want to share at the campfire. So, like at the worst, like that's what it yes. is, you know. And I don't know, maybe I'm getting too philosophical I, about it, but yeah. Well, not even because you know I was watching every now and then. You know, I so I consider Instagram. My Instagram is for my business. That's what mm-hmm. it's for. It's a free business tool. I don't really do Facebook. I don't do every sort of thing, but I do use Instagram as my business tool. And to that point, I sometimes watch videos on YouTube where they talk about upping your followers. And I never do anything that they say, but I watch them and I pretend like that's productive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And <laughs> the interesting thing, though, is she, this one person, I wish I could remember her name. I really like her. Uh, but she was talking about how she's talking about the, the mutual aspect of, mm-hmm. you know, following each other and, and stuff. And she said, she said something. She was like, a lot of, the this is going to be mutual she goes because you're not Beyonce and once and when she said that it was like a kind of a lot of pressure I mean I think as small business owners or artists we can always put so much pressure on ourselves it really you know and I get into my head of like oh well does this project count does this thing count or you know are they coming to this because well maybe they maybe they like me maybe you know would they come if I was a bad person too and it's like well I don't know, like maybe not, like maybe you're not Beyonce and it's okay to not be Beyonce. Like that's a tall order. So I think, you know, yeah, exactly. We're taught where if we can all be creating, you know, and maybe this is, I don't actually, if if we can all be creating a community where we're all making stuff and showing it off to each other in a sustainable structure, yeah, then fucking Yahtzee, that's great. (laughs) Well, this has been great uh yeah i think we could go and talk about the topic of producing independent shows i mean that could be its own podcast you yes. know and i certainly am always trying to learn new stuff as different platforms and come out and the world changes uh you know maybe next year it'll be like how do we leverage ai to make our show production <laughs> yeah. easier but um, just thanks to anyone who's listening. Thank you, Rebecca, for like being here. Thank you. Uh, my show is called Here to Make Friends. It's at the Neo Futurist Theater, September 28th through October 1st. September 28th is the Thursday, which is Pay What You Can. Uh, Sunday is the matinee. 
uh, at 2 p.m. Otherwise, it's at 7 p.m. and 20 bucks. Uh, your show is on Halloween. Does it have a specific name? It's at Inclusive Funeral Care. Yeah, we're just calling it Halloween Night Magic. And Amazing. in future years, <laughs> maybe I'll have to update that. But for now, it's a title that tells you, to your point earlier, here's what you're going to get. <laughs> yeah, I know. It really is. We'll do. Oh, the last thing we'll say is like, just is when it comes to marketing, when it comes to poster creation, think like how many especially comedy posters have you seen where if you were, if you were not in the scene, if you were yes. just walking by, you would go, what is <laughs> this thing like just put the words comedy show on it you know what i mean just put the words halloween night magic you know what i mean i like (laughs) haven't quite done that with mine but hopefully by saying neo-futurist theater you know it's like a theater show you know but like, well magic is also in a different place right now where there's just so there's fewer magic shows than comedy shows so we can at least for now get away with that where that already makes it right okay it's magic (laughs) yeah hopefully in a year you know i will need there will be even more independent magic shows and so hopefully you know will be harder to come up with titles um yeah (laughs) but not right now (laughs) well uh yeah thank you all for listening and uh yeah i'm I'm excited for your show and uh and i think i'll and i'll see you at my show on the friday heck yeah can't wait miracle thing that seems impossible you can do Miracles, miracles, you can do them, have faith, you are human, only human, and human beings they do miracles.